Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged on this Good Friday? Hallelujah. Well, please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we're going to declare the Word of God before we minister the Word of God. Amen. It's our custom and household of Christ since 2006. We declare this Word before we minister the Word. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Yes, maybe you're going through some challenges, but when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason to rejoice. Amen? It feels so great to say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you, because last Easter... We had masks on. Do you know that? Just turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes again, and just say, your smile looks better than last Easter. <laughs> There's so many things to be grateful for. Amen. On this Good Friday, as we celebrate Good Friday. Hallelujah. It's more than 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ died on the cross for all fundamental problems made a way for us into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. Because of what Christ did on the cross, our prayers can be answered now. The cross became the basis for answered prayer. Amen? Because Jesus died, became the security, the guarantee your most precious, would you just give it to those you don't even know? Hebrews 10, 19 says that we can enter into the holy of holies because of the blood of Jesus. It's the only way that we can enter into the holy of holies is because of the blood of Jesus. Everybody today is looking for a word from God. People even running around looking for a prophet, looking for a man of God to give them a word. And that's not bad. Sometimes we need instruction in righteousness. We need a prophetic word. Amen? Don't diminish that to nothing. But the best is when God speaks to you directly. And we have his word and he can speak to us through his word. But instruction in righteousness can really change your life. Jesus on the cross, while dying, proclaimed seven things, said seven things. Do you know in a court, the testimony of a dying man carries a whole lot more weight because of what a man says while he is dying? 
has more value. So I want you today to listen to the seven things that Jesus said on the cross while dying. And open your heart and receive those words with meekness into your heart because it will save your soul, your change, your way of thinking. Amen? As I was preparing, I was thinking how many times what our response have been as mankind when we find ourselves in pain, when we find ourselves suffering. What do we say? What do we declare? What do we proclaim? Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Luke 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The first thing that Jesus proclaimed on the cross, Father, forgive them. He was proclaiming grace. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. He's in pain. He is suffering for sins he did not commit. And he's declaring, forgive them. Why forgive them? Because the offender and the offended both need forgiveness. Jesus' disciples needed forgiveness, and his enemies needed forgiveness. Saints need forgiveness, and sinners need forgiveness. You're very quiet. Any saints here in the last week, you've messed up, you've made a mistake, let me just see. Yes, we all make mistakes. On the cross, while dying, Jesus was busy forgiving. He said, Father, forgive them. You know, I'll just be honest. Sometimes when people do certain things, from a human point of view, I think it's unforgivable. But my point does not matter. Amen? This is the standard for our lives. Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. How do we forgive? Even in that pain, in that suffering, in that hurt, you can make a decision to forgive. The book of Ephesians teaches us, as Christ has forgiven us, is the way that we should forgive people. That's what Paul said. Not forgive how you're feeling at that moment. Forgive as God forgave us in Christ. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, your pain, your cross, your suffering is not a reason not to forgive. Jesus forgave you on the cross. You know, I sometimes think when Jesus died, there was a certain amount of people on the earth, and there's probably people that can calculate how many. But the majority of people still had to be born. Imagine Jesus at that moment said, I'm fine to die for everybody up till this moment. But 
What the guys are going to do in the future, I'm not sure. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He remained focused for the joy of seeing you and me saved. Well, can we proclaim grace on this Good Friday like Jesus on the cross proclaimed grace and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Sometimes we don't know what we are doing, what we are saying, what we are busy with, but God is ready to forgive us. Amen? Can we go to the next one? Just go down a few verses to verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Proclaiming mercy. Proclaiming mercy. Here's two men, Jesus in the middle, one to his left, one to the right. One hardens his heart, one softens his heart. One steers his heart in the direction of Jesus, starts to say things, and he does not even realize what he's saying. Says to the other man, don't you fear God? Then he turns to Jesus, he says, Lord, remember me. He says, this man has done nothing wrong. He's not sinned, but we've sinned. What does 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 say? He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. This man had not read one chapter of the Bible. He had not fasted one day. He had not had the opportunity to do one charitable deed. He had not even given one tithe. <laughs> I mean, he has done nothing except believe. Isn't that the gospel, Ephesians 2 verse 8? By grace you have been saved through faith. He believed that he was Lord. He believed that he had done nothing wrong, but that he had done everything wrong. And this man gets saved. Turn to the person next to you say, that's the gospel. Can I say, can we make it easy for people to get saved? Sometimes we want to make it so difficult. Have you fasted 40 days? Have you read your 40 chapters? The worst of sinners can be saved. The worst of sinners can be saved. This man simply softened his heart and steered it in the direction of Jesus. Let's proclaim mercy over people. Amen? Let's proclaim mercy. The next one, Jesus said, Woman, behold your son. He said to the disciple, Behold your mother. 
proclaiming compassion. You know, women are strong, and we have strong women these days. But for a woman to be a mother, she needs a son. She needs a child. And there's something in this where Jesus had just forgiven everybody. He's in pain, but he has compassion for his family. Jesus can feel what you are feeling as part of his family. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus can feel what you are feeling. Jesus entered into this world through his mother. He started his ministry with his mother next to his side. He did the first miracle with his mother there. And here while he's dying, his mother's there again. As the eldest, he had a responsibility to take care of her. And that's what he was saying to the disciple. Take care of her. Can I tell you something? Family, listen to me. Jesus is in pain he is suffering, he's going through the most terrible time in his life, and he still has compassion for his family. Your cross and your difficulty that you are going through is no excuse to be nasty to your family at home. Can I have one amen? amen. Sometimes what we are going through, we use it as an excuse, but Jesus here is proclaiming compassion in that time, in that moment. Aina. Amen. Am I talking to the right people here on Good Friday? Are you ready for the next one? Are you ready for the next one? This really challenged me. You know, all of this compassion and everything up to here, it's all about people. It's all about everything on the outside. But here things start to change now. Matthew 27 verse 26. Where God it's really getting tough now. It's getting very, very real. Turn to the person next to you say it's getting real on the cross now. The Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 46, and about the ninth hour, that's the hour when they usually sacrificed the lamb for the Passover. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lava sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The only thing that Jesus has known is the face of God shining upon him. Everywhere he went, everything he did, he said, I'm doing it because I see my father doing it. He says, without me seeing what he's doing, I can do nothing. Wow. Wow. says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's been rejected physically, emotionally in his soul. He's on his own and now spiritually is being disconnected from the Father. Not because of what he's done, 
but because of what you and me have done and all generations have done. The fact that he says, my God, my God, it's like for us today to underline and to make the letters bold. He's saying, you are my God. My trust is in you. You always look down at me. But now you've turned your face away from sin. You've turned it away from me. And God is forsaken so that we never have to be forsaken. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. Even in that moment where he feels God forsaken, he's still putting his trust in God, steering his heart towards God, saying, my God, my God, why? What do you do in situations like that? Where do you steer your heart when it feels like you're on a cross and you're on your own? The fact that he said, my God, my God, reveals to us he's got a relationship with God the Father. Have you ever been in a situation where you said, my God, my God? Because of our sin, he's forsaken. Think about that. Because of our sin, how do you respond when other people have done things wrong and you get accused? And there's nobody to stand up for you. In that moment, God was forsaken so that you never ever have to feel like that. Will you continue to depend upon God even if you feel like you're on your own? Turn to the person next to you and say, God will never leave you, will never forsake you because Jesus was forsaken. Amen. Now it gets even more personal. The next verse, the Bible says, so that Scripture should be fulfilled. Jesus said, I thirst. Oh, my word. When I first read this, when I looked at all of them, I thought the I thirst one, I thirst. And then I read the portion before that, that Scripture may be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. Jesus on the cross, suffering in pain, in shock, dehydrated, mouth dry, keeps focus and says, I'm going to say this so that scripture can be fulfilled. How many times do we use what we are going through not to fulfill and do what God has called us to do? Am I talking to the right people here? Don't say amen, just double blink at me. God spoke to me and said, Jesus here. Said, I thirst, was obedient because our obedience is the only proof of our faith. He was ready to obey Scripture and fulfill Scripture even while dying on the cross. Sometimes when we feel like we're down and out, we feel like we've been crucified, everything is against us, accusations, sins of other people are on us, we feel like God is not with us. 
We just want to walk away. And Jesus' attitude on the cross was, I'm still going to fulfill the scripture. I thirst. The other time Jesus said he was thirsty, was next to the well. Samaritan woman, remember John 4? And he started teaching her about worshiping in the correct way. Said to her, you know what? I'm the living waters. If you know who's here, you'll never thirst again. And I'm thinking at this, Jesus, the well of life, could just spring up and quench his thirst immediately. But he chose not to do it, to be obedient to Scripture and say, I thirst. Went through it as a man, in shock, mouth dry, going through that pain. I'm going to obey your word. Can we make a decision to stop using our excuses, our cross that we bear, the pain that we go through, not to fulfill the word of God for our lives? The good news is we now never have to thirst again because we have Jesus Christ on the inside. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, these things Jesus said on the cross. It's speaking to me. When I looked at this, I said, God, wow. A word in season to touch and change our hearts. John 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Jesus did not say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. He says, everything I was supposed to do, everything that God asked of me, I've done it. It's finished. What was finished? The power of sin and death over your life was finished. It was destroyed once and for all. People before, sin disconnected us from God. Sin disconnected us from God. But now sin has been dealt with. People will not go to hell because of sin. They'll go to hell because they don't acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for their sin. That's the most heartful thing, that one day they'll look into the loving eyes of Jesus and see that he has paid the price in full. It was finished. But they never accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He said, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I died on the cross. Wow. Proclaiming it's finish. Proclaiming it's finish. How Jesus on the cross. Imagine for one minute he did not go through. He did not focus upon the joy, but he started focusing upon the pain. You know, Matthew 4, the devil tempted Jesus, challenged him and said, if you are the son of God, why don't you just change your situation so that you can eat, that your hunger can disappear? Here on the cross, he was tempted again. What did the one thief say? If you are the son of God, get yourself off this cross and ourselves off the cross. What would have happened if Jesus took himself off the cross? What would have happened to us? But there can now be reconciliation between us and God. 
the last thing Jesus said. Luke 23. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Jesus' last words was directed to his father. Even feeling alone, feeling abandoned, covered with sin, bruised, everything he went through, his last words he directed it towards the father. In his last minute, he directed his heart towards his father. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, the, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. As a prophet, he made a decision to direct his spirit towards God. In that moment where he died, he put his life in God's hands. It teaches us, even if you find yourself in a situation where it feels like everything is dead, put it in the hands of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, put it in the hands of God. The disciples, when Jesus died, even though they had spent three years, more than three years with Jesus, knew that he was the Christ. When God died, they thought God was dead. They left everything and went back to their jobs. But at that moment, Jesus was more in control than ever. God the Father was more in control than ever before, busy with the salvation plan of all of mankind. So can I tell you something? When it looks like a situation is dead and there's no hope, God is still in control. Even when there seems like there's no direction, direct your heart, your spirit, towards God the Father, who will help you and see you through. Jesus there was proclaiming faith. Proclaiming faith. Faith is not the things that we can see with our eyes. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And he knew what God the Father was busy with, and he could submit, commit, dedicate his whole spirit, his life, into his hands. Say, God, I know you're in control. Even though I'm dying right now, physically and spiritually, I know that you're in control. Do you know what Good Friday is all about? Proclaiming the Lord's death. Proclaiming the Lord's death. That's all that Jesus did on the cross. He was proclaiming grace, proclaiming mercy, proclaiming compassion, proclaiming dependence upon God. My God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? We are called to proclaim the Lord's death. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to proclaim the Lord's death. You've said it now, but you know your situation that you're facing is really very bad. It's very challenging. That's why the Lord, where's the communion? Can I have a communion cup quickly? One Corinthians eleven twenty six says, "For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes." What is He saying? He's saying, when you partake of this, this is the communion we got during lockdown, all sealed up. Amen. Take away communion. <laughs> Don't be so serious. <laughs> 
turn to the person next to you and say, it's takeaway communion. You have no excuse not to have communion every day. <laughs> Jesus on the cross was proclaiming grace, proclaiming mercy, proclaiming compassion, proclaiming dependence, proclaiming humanity, I'm thirsty, proclaiming victory, proclaiming faith. And he says, now, every time you have communion, you proclaim the Lord's death. You proclaim what He has done for you when you have communion. Isaiah 53, verse 1, it says, whose report will you believe? On this Good Friday, whose report will you believe? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah asked this question. He says, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what Jesus did on the cross for you? Or are you going to believe everything you're seeing around yourself? Are you going to believe those symptoms? Are you going to believe those bad reports? We say it's Good Friday. It's Good Friday because it's good news for all of mankind. Isaiah goes on to, to say what happened on the cross. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Turn to the person next to you and say, he has borne your griefs. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Turn to the person next to you and say, he was wounded for your transgressions. Every time you have communion, that's what you are proclaiming. He, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was punished, broken, so that you can have peace. Whatever situation you are facing right now, God wants to give you peace in that situation. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. The Bible says that we should examine ourselves. We should examine ourselves. When last did you examine yourself? 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says that we should examine ourselves to see whether we are in faith. It says test yourself to see whether you are in faith. That's what the Bible says. I want to close with this. What are we proclaiming when we eat this body and we drink the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians 11. Just go there quickly. Just go to 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to close with this. Verse 27, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Examine yourself. We know Paul says, examine yourself to see whether you're in faith. Test yourself to see whether you're in faith. Just go to 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Just put it on the overhead quickly. Examine yourself whether you're in faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? What is he saying? He said, test yourself, see if you're in faith, if you believe that Christ is on the inside of you. Believe your spirit has been regenerated. Believe that you are linked up with God, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. That's what he says. He says, test yourself. 
So here he says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment upon himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Have you read that? And I grew up knowing, fearing communion, thinking, oh my God, if there's something wrong in my life when I eat this, I'm going to die. <laughs> Can I just see your hand? Anybody grew up like that? I grew up, yeah, that's not good news. He's died on the cross for me, but now if I eat this, I'm going to die if I don't discern it correctly. You know what we are doing? We are saying, do you have a headache? Yes, pain pills, but don't drink it. Now we say, okay, let's judge yourself into sin. Why have you got the headache? Um, I ate too much sugar. Too much sugar? No. Well, you ate too much sugar, you cannot have a headache pill. Why have you got a headache? I didn't drink enough water. What? You know you're supposed to drink two liters of water, and if it's a hot day, three, why didn't you drink it? No headache pills for you. Am I talking to the right people here? I've got a headache. I bumped my head. Can I have two headache pills? No. Why did you bump your head? I walked and I didn't look. You know that when you walk there and you bump your head, no headache pills for you. And that's what we've done with the gospel. We say, here's the body of Christ that was broken. Here's his blood that was shed. And now we mess up. And we say, don't use it, because you're going to die. Hendrik, just come here quickly. Let me use him as an example quickly here. Let's say I'm offended with, no, no, let's change it around. Let's say Hendrik is offended with a pastor. I mean, that's maybe a better example. Is that okay? Anybody ever been offended with a pastor? Never. Bless your souls. Amen. <laughs> he now is really angry with me. He like wants to kill me. He's so angry with me. Have you ever been that angry with a pastor? Don't raise your hands, okay? <laughs> he needs forgiveness. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. But now forgiveness is in Christ who died, whose body was broken so that we can be whole. His blood was shed for the remission of our sins. But now when he's offended with me, hurting, he wants to do something to the pastor, I'm angry with him. Now I cannot have communion because I'm angry. This is the time I should run to Jesus because this is the answer. And let his strength manifest in my weakness. The man next to Jesus, the man next to Jesus, he said, can you just remember me? Jesus said, dude, I'm not just going to remember you. You're going to be there with me today. That's good news. That's good news. Not, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to be in paradise today. If I think of you and, it come, and if God brings it to mind and I think of you, I'm, no, no, no. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, this mercy, this grace that speaks for you, 
because you've steered your heart in my direction. You've acknowledged that I am God. You've acknowledged you are the sinner. I've never sinned. My righteousness can become your righteousness. Your sin has been placed on me. That's good news. That's good news. Amen. Love you, Hendrik. Forgive me for anything that I've done wrong. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Am I helping some of you here? Paul said, Lord, let your strength manifest in my weakness. It's the time when you're offended and angry and you feel like you cannot forgive that person that you go and you say, Lord, I'm going to proclaim your mercy. I don't know what I'm doing. As Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive. Lord, remember me, please, and just start steering your heart. And this is what you do when you have communion, when you break the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you are doing. Let's go back and let's, let's, go, read. let's go read from verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So number one, this is not a symbol. It's not a symbol. Jesus said, when you take this, this is my body. This is my body. He says, when you take this, this is my blood. It's the same as baptism. He says, when... You get baptized, you get buried with Christ, and you get raised a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you don't believe it, you go in dry and you come out wet. If you don't believe this is the body and you don't discern it correctly, you're just eating bread as a symbol, you're drinking the wine as a symbol. Are you with me? Jesus said to his disciples, and I think it's John 6 verse 53, he says, if you don't eat this, and drink this, you don't have life. He's basically saying, eating this and drinking this is eating life, drinking life. So let's go back now quickly to verse 29. It says, who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Let me just say it. When you discern that this is life, this is healing, this is deliverance, it is because many have not drank this, discerning that it's life. For this reason, many are weak, many are sick, and many are asleep. He's not saying because you did not realize that what you were actually eating is life. If you had discerned it as life, you would have been healthy. If you had discerned eating this, is health, you would have been stronger. Now, when I read it like that, now it's good news. Now I can run to Jesus when I've messed up and not run away from him. Now I can say, when I feel like I'm so offended or I'm hurt or I'm going, I can say, let me just grab the communion quickly and let me just, not just eat it as bread, but start to meditate. He was bruised. He was chastised. He was rejected by God. By his stripes, I'm healed. He was smitten. He's gone through all of these things, broken, so that I can be whole. I'm now coming discerning and saying, you know what, Lord? I feel weak. 
But as I eat this, I declare my oneness in the Spirit with you. I eat it. Lord, let your blood speak for me. Let your mercy speak for me. And as I drink this, I declare my oneness with Christ's blood as I drink it. Now his strength can manifest in my weakness. Now I get the strength to say I can forgive as Christ has forgiven me. And not run away from the solution. Say, my head is throbbing. Cannot have the pain pills. Here we have the gospel. Amen? Maybe some of us should just take it daily. Have some communion and proclaim the Lord's death. Proclaim the Lord's death. Are we ready with the communion? Can we hand out the communion quickly to everybody? This is the key. This is good news. For years, I was scared of communion. You don't dare take communion. If you take communion in an unworthy way, the unworthy way is when you're not discerning that this is life. When you're not discerning that this is the body of Christ. When you're just taking this as a symbol, when you're taking this as a symbol, but when you actually eat this as the body of Christ, that's what Jesus said. Go read the Gospels. Paul said, this is my body. Eat it in remembrance. Because when you eat it, you are proclaiming grace. You are proclaiming mercy. You are proclaiming victory. You are proclaiming faith. Amen? And as Christ has forgiven me, now I can forgive. Maybe you need to go to a brother and say, you know what? Just pray with me. Let's have communion together. I can tell you now, even families, I want to challenge you, have communion daily or have it once a week. But just start to have communion and start to proclaim the Lord's death and you'll see what God will do. Romans 8 verse 2 teaches us that there's two laws against us. The first law is the law of sin. The second law is the law of death. Romans 8 verse 2. Law of sin and death. The law of sin gets dealt with on Friday when Jesus died on the cross. The law of sin gets dealt with through Christ's death. But the law of death gets dealt with on Sunday through his resurrection. But right now, we're not celebrating resurrection. Now, we're proclaiming his death. And every time you have communion, you are proclaiming the Lord's death. All those things that Jesus said on the cross, what he was proclaiming, grace, proclaiming mercy, proclaiming compassion, proclaiming dependence, proclaiming humanity, proclaiming victory, proclaiming faith. Everything, the better covenant with better promises. When you are having communion, you're declaring that you are one with that better covenant, you are one with the better promises. And Christ starts to work in us and through us, with us, and we don't even know that he's busy doing that. Amen? Will you have communion in a different way, in a different light? Let it be good news. Amen? It's good news. I mean, this morning when I was just looking, I'm thinking, this poor man is hanging on the cross and he's saying, just remember me. Just think of me. Jesus says, assuredly, I'm telling you. I'm not going to be thinking about you. I'm telling you, you're with me in paradise today. When you proclaim the Lord's death, things start to change in your life. Amen? Has everybody received communion? Everybody's got communion? Open it up and take the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's not a symbol. The Bible says it's his body. And I want you to eat it as his body. And think that his body was broken. He was chastised. He was bruised. Everything that he went through. And even in that pain, in that suffering, he made a decision to forgive you and me. He's compassionate towards you and me. He was feeling what you are feeling right now. So, Father, we thank you for allowing the body of Christ to be broken so that we can be whole. As we eat the body of Christ now, we declare our oneness in the Spirit with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. It's easier to get to the blood of Jesus than to open some of these cups. Amen. <laughs> to remind us Jesus went through suffering and pain. Amen. Turn to the person and say, don't be so serious during communion, please. It's Good Friday. Amen. Father, we thank you for the blood of Christ that speaks of redemption, salvation, and sanctification, and healing, and breakthrough. Every beautiful thing locked up in Christ Jesus, allowing us to enter into the Holy of Holies. Let your blood speak for us, O Father. Open the door into a better covenant with better promises. And as we drink your blood, we declare our oneness in the Spirit with you, O Lord. Your ability becomes our ability, your strength our strength, O Lord. Manifest your strength in our weakness as we drink your blood in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I think there's one thing left. Put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I accept your communion. I accept that communion with God can only come through my union with Christ. Therefore, Lord, I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's removed all my sin, forgive my sin, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, and sanctify me now by your blood. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for interceding for me, for praying for me, for making me holy, and helping me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in the sight of God. I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Your past is Egypt, the place of bondage. But God took Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. Amen. So the first thing that you have to do is connect to a team. Submitted and committed in a living church. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. So the first thing, find a living church, get involved in that church. Number two, discover your dream. Discover the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you so that you can use those things to glorify the name of Jesus. And lastly, serve in the dream team. If you want to grow spiritually, that's the growth track. 
team, team, dream, dream team. Amen. Very easy. Connect to the team, discover your dream, serve in the dream team. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Are you ready to have a good Friday? Hallelujah.